0: Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher, Sarah Perry. Hi folks, this is Sarah Perry and welcome back to Haven Space. Today we're going to be discussing a very interesting fetish based on size. And not the kind of size that you may be thinking of. We're talking about macrophilia. Now, sometimes we refer to it as microphilia also, but it's the idea of wanting to be either gigantic or tiny, although macrophilia is actually used to speak about both. Now consider this being like shrunk into a tiny tiny little size, maybe the size of a creature like a mouse and having people all around you who are gigantic or alternatively being like a normal size person but everyone around you is actually gigantic. Think of the 50 foot woman. Somehow, the idea of being tiny and either being crushed or swallowed whole has an entire different name. It's called vor, and some people talk about um, expansion fantasies, in which case certain parts of your body actually grow, 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 or get tiny, 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 Um, and of course, the ones that grow to extreme proportions would be normally things like boobs and butts and dicks bringing all of the focus into those areas. This is actually a pretty recent fetish, considering the history of some of the other fetishes that we have talked about, but it is big enough to actually have their own conventions. Um, In 2016, they actually had the very first convention in New York City called SizeCon, and the turnout was actually pretty amazing, about 120 people. So, okay, maybe not amazing, but enough that you would think, wow, what really is this? Some of these fetishes can be related to fears of impotence, can be related to ideas of control, and in fact are considered part of the BDSM umbrella. So it would fit under the categories of bondage, dominance, sadism, and masochism. Now the image that comes to mind me is the book by Chuck Palahniuk titled Damned which is about a person that goes to hell and what hell is like and there is a part in the book where the person is a tiny creature climbing up the leg of this gigantic female devil I would describe it as and actually finds her clit and buries his face in that, and this is kind of the idea that this fetish would evoke, the idea that you could be very tiny but also capable of creating rippling pleasure. While this seems like a very difficult fantasy to play out, it's not in fact, especially for the 2020 world we live in where VR sets are both affordable and accessible, and They have all kinds of porn already being made on them where you could um, be a person being crumb-sized and being dropped into an attractive woman's mouth, or um, you could be squished between a pair of enormous breasts pretty easily. In fact, this idea of the gigantis is actually the fastest growing category in its movie collection. And if you don't think that's enough, they actually even have a message board uh, named Gigantis City. You can definitely check it out. And it has over 80,000 members. So of course, there are people that are tuning in or watching this kind of stuff and are loving it. So feel free to go join. Strangely, most of the people that identify with this type of fetish are men. And most of them actually report Noticing that they were turned on by this type of fetish when they were children and most of them watching cartoons. It makes perfect sense because most of the ideas that this brings forth are not ideas that are really easy to act out. But we have cartoons like The Little Mermaid where Ursula gets super super huge. Or like one of the people interviewed at SizeCon said that he remembered masturbating to an episode of Tom and Jerry where... Um, the mouse was actually trying to get away from the i guess mom of the house as my kids would say and they were trying to actually step on the mouse so he was darting back and forth away from those shoes that idea and that excitement as i've talked before on my youtube channel about the way we create fetishes and arousal patterns um makes perfect sense we get stressed about something or adrenaline gets pumping and then we trigger the parts of our brain that have to do with connecting with fight or flight or freeze and what ends up happening is that excitement translates super easily until future excitement that is arousing. One article on The Week actually talks about a woman who is known in the online community um as julie cat talking about has a child playing with one of her friends and the friend actually shoving a pillow inside of her outfit and her feeling embarrassed and really huge but also super super aroused and turned on by it in fact running away crying and then feeling like the sensation was such a big important sensation that she had never felt before um similarly we have um people saying that they absolutely think it's a despicable thing and they would never tell it to people. For us and the way we listen to this podcast hopefully is in this really playful fun way because sex is fun and playful and doesn't have to be taken too seriously or seriously at all in fact but um, for a lot of people that deal with fetishes as like a crippling shameful because they didn't grow up in a society where being playful about sexuality was real and instead they felt like the things that they're aroused by must be normative must be the same things that lead to procreation or whatever And this entire stigma that we are all trying to shed every single day of our lives regarding our sexuality there are also of course content creators like maxgrowth.com and um, bob the owner of max growth who actually creates prosthetics and uses special effects to create porn videos where um, people's boobs or butts inflate to gigantic size sometimes the size of beach balls Um, and he makes specific outfits to make this kind of stuff amazing Um, ironically even inside of his very open minded mind um, he apparently has not told his wife according to this article of the week except for possibly now she knows because of the article some people also reporting that they absolutely love the idea of being gigantic and actually getting to squish people and if we were breaking this down psychologically you don't know if this person deals with um feelings of actually not having had the support that they wanted throughout their lives or being minimized and how about creating a persona that's actually bigger and gets to role play these amazing uh powerful moves The difference with a fetish like this is that it becomes so fantastic that you can actually roleplay this with anybody and with the help of virtual reality, but really with the help of even prosthetics and makeup and all kinds of great stuff, you can have a really fun roleplay scenario that doesn't harm anybody, that doesn't lead to any kind of ill feelings and in fact is super healthy and really cute and fun. A lot of people that engage in this kind of fetish are actually just doing online Photoshop and hopefully on people that they already know and have agreed to have their photos altered, but exchanging pictures with other people in the online community. One of the amazing things too is that online communities have made it extremely easy for people to find joy and love with each other, to find acceptance, to find a peer group, and in this case specifically, to even get conferences together where people can show up and play on these fetishes. So why do people do it? We've already talked about the idea that people enjoy and have memories of movies and shows and cartoons that they watched as children where gigantic characters or very, very tiny characters affected those normal or traditional-sized characters around them but there could also be elements of BDSM, of control, a lot like we've been talking about this entire time. Additionally, it's actually just fun to engage in any kind of power dynamic exchange. In fact, um, there's a whole book about it, about the ideas of arousal called The Erotic Mind, Unlocking the Inner Sources of Passion and Fulfillment by Jack Morin. But really, he does more than talk about Uh, The Erotic Mind, he talks about why power dynamics create arousal in us in such a way that is kind of like triggering and almost um, animalistic. These visceral ways that we find attraction to little things like the feeling of being unable to control our environment especially if we're people who are always having to take care of everything, or alternatively, if we are always people who have felt kind of uh, passive and out of control, the idea that some gigantic creature could do things to you and torture you, but in ways that wouldn't actually hurt you, like eat you or throw you inside of their bra or things like that. Where can you find it? I guess that is really the kicker on this because of its nature, it's not really something you can role-play face-to-face. You can definitely role-play it on the internet, and in fact, um, kind of a dirty pen pal situation is a great way to make this happen, where you would be narrating a story with another person and getting off to this type of erotica. In fact, on fetlife.com, which I always recommend, and if you have an account there, there is a ton of free content, and if you want access to even more of the content, You can actually pay for that access. For example, um, if you get on simply just the groups, you can look up giants and Um, there's a group with 400 members that is called Lisa's Giant. Uh, There's a group with 200 members called Gay Giants and Macrophilia. There's a group with a few dozen members called Tinies and Giants, and then there's another one with over 100 called Pixies and Giants. And of course, there's one for couples who like to roleplay that they are giants together that has a lot fewer people. But all of these groups have members engaging in discussion and posting pictures and sometimes videos and sometimes porn and sometimes stuff that they have created themselves all to share with other people simply for the fact that it is exciting to them. Now, FetLife has a way that you can subscribe and gain access to each member's like personal videos and stuff that they have on their profile pages. And if you like to support people in creating their own porn and content, which you absolutely should, um, I recommend that you do. I want to say the membership is about 40 bucks a month, and you get access to all of that stuff. And even if you don't pay, I have a free account, and even if you don't pay for the account, you have plenty of access, you have the ability to chat in these discussion groups and role play. And a lot of these people are actually looking for other people to have these role play scenarios with. If you are looking for more of a eyes on experience if you will you can definitely get on any of the oculus vr forums and try to look for specific macrophilia subjects that will give you links to porn that has macrophilia now remember some of this porn may not technically be considered porn because it doesn't always relate to sex and sexuality it doesn't always relate to genitals but it certainly does relate to the idea of people who are about 200 feet sitting in a stadium or standing in a stadium and trying to crush all the tiny people underneath them. And if that's what gets your socks off, then who am I to judge? Definitely VR is an amazing technology that can make this fetish much more accessible than it would have been at any other point in history. Um, Again, how can you prepare for this? Well, you can tell your partners whatever you want about your life, and you should be surrounded by people who will not hold that against you. However, this is the type of fetish that doesn't necessarily have a sexual draw and in fact only has this era of fantasy. So it tends to be that if you're around people that engage in fantasy play, such as people who are already into VR, people who watch VR porn, people that do character play and who are already kind of into the fantasy role play scenarios, that you will probably find a much more accepting crowd. I've read a lot about situations where people didn't want to tell their partners about this fetish, but I would like to encourage you to talk to your partners about the things that you like, especially if they're not things that involve trauma and danger, because They will never feel threatened by you saying that you thought the idea of being, for example, floating in a bowl of cereal like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids would be kind of freaking arousing. In fact, it makes perfect sense that when we have these memories of kind of the most heightened emotional moments in our childhood, we then link them back to high arousal later in life. How to prepare? Well, just tell your partners what you like and make sure you have that conversation before you start the interaction during sex. So you want to set the stage early and if you want to be having this type of dirty talk or narrative while you're having sex, make sure you've already introduced it ahead of time and you've already seen how it goes. A good way to do it I think is to tell your partner that you'd like to try something out, this is something you've been thinking about, and exploring the theme but not getting into details and then having them allow you to take care of the narrative during the conversation inside of sex. So that even though you're having sex, they're just being a passive listener. Not passive with their body, but you're actually leading the conversation on the fantasy narrative. And that way they can actually understand where it is that you get pleasure. In fact, the way you're moving and the things that make you orgasm will let them know much more about what it is that entices you than just explaining it when you're not aroused. And not only that, but it may make them more likely to be equally aroused simply because they saw how much it turned you on. So to recap, today we talked about macrophilia, what it is, what it isn't, what it involves, how you can be safe and keep your partners happy and loving, where to find it and where to go about achieving this for yourself and all of the pleasure and consent that our bodies are capable and deserving of. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.